Morning After with Nick and Big J here with Chris Jericho talking about all things Fozzie. First of all, man, congratulations on Judas. You're already over 4 million views on YouTube. That doesn't suck, right? It, it's been pretty incredible when something goes viral. And I'm a big numbers guy, so I'll check out the numbers like multiple times a day. And we're doing about 100,000 downloads a day right now, which is slow. <laughs> it, it goes from like 150 to 100 around that area. And, I mean, we've we've had successful songs before, but never anything like this. It's just gone through the roof just, uh, you know, online, um, on the radio, uh, mainstream coverage. I mean, TMZ called me to do a story about it, and I was like, you sure you got the right guy? I haven't punched Jay-Z in the face, or I'm not banging, you know, Scarlett Johansson. They're like, no, 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 we want to talk to you about Judas. So I was like, okay, great. So when you get that type of response and that type of coverage, you know you've got something special going on. You know, uh, the song is great, but, I mean, the video is great, too. It's just one of those fun things, and you've got all kinds of weird stuff happening, and it, it, so it makes it super entertaining. Uh, what was it like shooting the video, and how long did that take? Well, actually, it took eight minutes. <laughs> That's it. Um, there's a, a Guns N' Roses video from 91 called Garden of Eden. That was basically, it's a one-take thing with Axel in the foreground, the band in the back, so we thought we can do a modern version of that. And we filmed it at, uh, we, we, we slowed the song down to half speed, so it goes from four minutes to eight. And that's why when you play it back at normal speed, it looks very jumpy and erratic and very strange and weird. Um, so yeah, it was the cheapest video we've ever done, the quickest video we've ever done, and by far the most popular video we've ever done. So there, there you go. You spend $500,000 on a video in a week's long shoot, nobody cares. You do an eight-minute shoot that costs about a thousand bucks, and suddenly it's the biggest thing that we've got going. So you just never know what's going to strike. But I think it's the right video for the right song at the right time for sure. Chris Jericho joins us, of course. Uh, you are out currently on the road with Fozzie doing some headline dates, which is pretty damn awesome. How goes the tour out there? And, and are you starting to see things resonate from an audience standpoint as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just finished the first leg of the Judas Rising tour last Sunday in Dallas, and we're getting ready to go over to Europe um, on Tuesday. And, I mean, you could see, like, the pre-sales weren't bad for the shows, but the walk-ups were through the roof. And once again, like, to get these walk-ups that are, like, matching the pre-sales, and, you know, all the venues are packed, and people are just snapping up the merch. And um, once again, it goes back to what I said before. Like, we've had successful tours and successful songs, but nothing like this. Like, when you have a hit song, you can see the difference right away. Um, and, and it's just a really cool feeling because, like I said, like we've been working at this for a long time. I feel sometimes we have to work twice as hard to get people's respect just because I'm in the band. Mm-hmm. But it's fine because I think now that we've done that, there's, there's a lot of goodwill for Fozzie. And now when people are kind of seeing this tune and um, I'm getting so much hearing this tune, I mean, I'm getting so much response of like, we've never listened to the band before. We've never checked out Fozzie and now we can't believe how good Judas is, so we're going through the back catalog, and now Sandpaper's growing, you know, on YouTube, for example, and Lights Go Out, and, and Enemy, and those type of tunes as well, so you can see everything's getting sucked up in like, this big whirlwind of Judas, I call it the Judas effect, it's all this stuff that's happening just because of one song, and I mean, like I said, I think a lot of bands wait their whole career for this song and never get it, and we're very fortunate uh, to have it, and just really to see all the benefits of it uh, instantly, it's a very cool thing. You know, I'm super happy that that, that this is happening for you because uh, we've been fans, of course, of Fozzie yes. for, for a very long time. And, and, and I was banging the drum on Do You Want to Start a War because I thought that whole album was great. And so I'm happy for you. I'm happy that this is happening. And um, what are the plans for, for the album now? I mean, maybe this is kind of taken off a little faster than you thought? Well, first of all, I do want to say thanks. And Boise and you guys have always been great. 
Uh, we've only played there once back in 2012 on the Uproar Tour, but definitely is on our list to return. But, um, yeah, the, the idea originally was for the record to be done in May, and then we just didn't have it done in time. So we put the single out, did the tour, and now we put the finishing touches on the record, which will be out in September. So it's kind of the same model that what Metallica did with Hardwired, where, where the song came out in August, the record came out in November, and you just build, build a buzz. And I think we'll probably put out another single before then, and kind of coast into the record with another song, kind of uh, hopefully peaking at that point in time as well. So it's a different kind of strategy than what we've done in the past, but it's a different world. You know, there is kind of no quote-unquote rules on how you are supposed to do things now in the music business. So we thought this would be a good way to do it. We wanted to reintroduce Fozzie to the world and, um, you know, for, for the fans that have been waiting for a long time and for people that have never heard of us. And that worked out perfectly, like I said, with, uh, with Judas. Chris Jericho on the show with us from Fozzie. Chris, talk me through your schedule for a second, because I always say you you got to be the busiest man in rock, and, and I don't think that's a joke, man. I mean, between your commitment to the WWE and writing the record and recording the record, and then you're also doing Talk as Jericho on a relatively regular basis as well, it, it's got to seem pretty crazy, is it? Well, you don't do wrestling and music at the same time. I can't. The only crazy thing was, my schedule in the WWE went a little bit longer than I was expecting, so I basically went straight from WWE into Fozzie, and that was a little bit strange because there's two different mindsets, you know. You, you can't just walk right from one into another. Um, but, I mean, yes, I am busy, but also it's all in the passion that I have, and it's all kind of uh, regimented and regulated. And I don't do everything that I'm asked to do, um, so I pick and choose, and only focus on the, on the projects that really interest me. And like I said, when I was a kid, I wanted to be in a rock and roll band. I wanted to be a wrestler. Those are my two goals. And now I get a chance to do them both. I just can't do them both at the same time, know what I want to. But uh, now that it's Fozzie time, I mean, talking to Jericho and writing books, that gives me something to do while I'm waiting around. Because a lot of times there's a lot of downtime when you're at a show or at a venue or at an arena waiting for the show to start. So if I go to a town and I know somebody that's there, I'll get together with them and, and bang out a podcast while I've got these three or four hours to kill. So it actually helps me use my time better rather than adding stuff, um, it actually just, uh, you know, it's like when you're just doing nothing anyways, you might as well do something positive, and that's where the podcast comes into play. Yeah, what's the origin story? How did that begin? Because uh, I, I, I'm fascinated. I love listening to Talk is Jericho, and I learned so much about uh, some of the bands that I really like, and I'm jealous because of the uh, of the kind of conversations you get to have with, with some of your friends and, and some of the people you don't know that well. It's just kind of really interesting. So I've always wanted to know, how did that happen? How did you get into the podcast business? I was doing a show uh, for Nikki Six's channel on Sirius. Um, I think it was called The Rock of Jericho. And it was had a little bit of an interview segment in every show. That show got canceled. And then I just got a call from Podcast One. It was just kind of starting out to, um, you know, Podcast One is kind of the WWE of podcasting, where there's like some of the biggest names in the world doing it. And I just happened to get a call from them asking if I was interested. And I thought I'd give it a try. And it really has been a really a great experience, not just for musicians or wrestlers or porn stars or comedians or paranormal experts or anything in between. Whoever I find interesting, I'll have them on my show. I mean, this week is Beatles week, so I have, you know, Sergeant Pepper 50th anniversary uh, with Mike Portnoy and Charlie Benanti from Anthrax. So, you know, just whatever is going on at the time, I'll, I'll get on the phone or just go face-to-face and talk to people. And it's given me a great chance. I mean, some, uh, some of my favorite ones, I had a great conversation with Lemmy about a year before he passed away at his house. Um, you know, Slash before the Guns N' Roses reunion. You know, the, the, the list goes on. William Shatner, you know, just people that, that I've always kind of been interested by and, and appreciate getting a chance to sit down and chatting with him for an hour. 
it's as a fan, it's great. As a professional, it's great. Uh, and, and for my show, it's great. I think that's one of the reasons why the show is so huge. At over 200 million downloads at this point, because it's very diverse. You never know what you're going to get on Talk is Jericho. And it's just a week by week, people are like, oh my gosh, this is going to be cool, that's going to be cool. I've never heard of this person, but I'm going to listen anyways. And that's kind of the mindset behind it. You know, uh, I've always touted the fact that, that I love when you're doing your wrestling thing, your mic skills have always been fantastic. You have the ability to ha- capture an audience and keep them in the palm of your hand, which translates really well to being a fantastic frontman. But what came first, the, the ability to be a really good frontman for a rock band or those mic skills in, in the wrestling ring? Frontman. I mean, um, I was in a band when I was 12 and always wanted to be kind of the ultimate frontman in wrestling when I started at 19. So I took all those qualities that, you know, I learned from Paul Stanley or Dave Lee Roth or Freddie Mercury, those type of guys, and put them into wrestling. And then when we started Fozzie, I took the same characteristics that I was using in wrestling that I stole from music and brought it back to music. So it's kind of a big reciprocal thing. It's all about connecting with the audience. You want people to to enjoy the show. You want people to uh, feel good about the money they paid to see you. And sometimes sometimes it's not so easy. When you get a, a quiet crowd or a dead crowd, well, you better get your ass in gear and make sure they get into it. Because that's your job. You know, I'm the party host. It's up to me to make sure people have a good time. And same thing in wrestling. You know, if the people are supposed to love me or they're supposed to hate me or anything in between, as long as they're making noise, I win. <laughs> if people are sitting on their hands and I have the perfect match or I have the perfect rock and roll show with no bad notes or anything, what does it matter? If I go out there and screw up a bunch of stuff and people are going nuts at the end, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, if you saw them as part of Uproar in 2012, you know you definitely get your money's worth as a Fozzie show. We're looking forward to the new album. You can hear Judas here on The X. And Chris, travel safe. Hopefully we'll get a headline show around these parts soon, man. We would love to see a full set from you guys. I absolutely guarantee it, man. We love Boise, like I said. And for for whatever reason, guys, you've always supported us. Every record from Do You Want to Start a War and Center Bones. And um, we're excited, man. And thanks for playing the song. And uh, thanks, everybody, for checking it out, man. Always great catching up, sir. Thanks for the time, man. Okay, talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.